Sit down. The guy's bulbous red nose and fat cheeks, laced with broken capillaries, bred an uncomfortable familiarity. Who the hell are you? I'm your fairy godmother. I said sit down. He texted into a zip. I saw the connection was to Earth. I looked into his icy blue bloodshot eyes and took my seat. His skin was brown from the sun and wrinkles crossed, forming diamond patterns on his cheeks. So you're my executioner. Kill me and dump the body in space. I studied his ruddy face. I've seen you before. I ain't never seen you, pal. His accent was soft on the R's, suggested the Mars South Polar region. I chided myself for not remembering this guy, but I knew him from Mars. If you think I'm going to sit back and let you dispose me into space, I don't like your attitude, bud. I'm touched. I associated this guy with the subterranean bars sunk into the Martian soil below the thin ice layers. The green-tinted upper windows in those fine establishments allowed dim sunlight amidst the dark bar shadows. Patrons stank, and so did he. I peered over the seat. The workers stowed the last containments in the overhead windows, played emergency instructions from an old file. I repeatedly slid my lower teeth over my upper lip. Jenna's death bothered me more than this lowlife. Maybe he was just sending me back to Phobos. But I rather doubted it. Over the years, I had developed a keen sense of when somebody wanted me dead. And this guy, although I could not place him, would attempt to kill me. My zip remained on the seat with the channel to Rennie open. But Rennie was probably not near his zip. The shuttle engines hummed. Look, I need to open a channel. He laughed a short staccato laugh that, along with his body odor, captured more memories of the subterranean bar. Then everything hit me like the Cassini division around Satin's ranks. Aunt Maddie's linseed orf bar. I suddenly realized that I had flattened this drunken wonder after enduring close to an hour of insults. He was slimmer and younger back then. They had told me he liked to drink. I stared at his pug nose and partially shaven cheeks. Then I pointed at him. You lived on Mars. I lived a lot of places. Ain't no concern. The shuttle backed away from the dock. I crossed my arms and raised my brows as I grinned and stared. The pulsa was still aimed at my head. How much are they paying you? For an unarmed man, you do a lot of talking. Then his name bubbled up like something out of a Martian magma chamber. Grizz. They called you Grizz. His face flattened as his head slowly rotated, and his red eyes watered. How did you know that? I never forget. Grizz. He rapidly rubbed his chin and twisted his lips. Maybe you'd like a drink, Grizz. He panned the cabin and then looked directly at me. I ain't never met you. Yeah, you have. Now he ran his tongue over his lips as if he really needed a drink. How much time did you do, Grizz? Shut up, he said as he scanned the shuttle. You've got to get me in trouble. Back then he was furious that I was a bureau agent. He feared I would bust him, and I did. You were in violation of your parole, being there at Aunt Maddie's. The compacted eyes opened wide this time. You son of a bitch! You got me sent back to Earth! I stroked my chin and recalled my report. Antoine Latrobe, known as Tony, ALT, and Grizz. 
You know too much for your own good. Palsa shook in his age-spotted hand. And I wonder, Grizz, if you're on the run right now. He lowered his voice and glanced at the passengers. Don't matter to you whether I am or I ain't. Oh, it does. You're going to give me that zip and let me walk out of here before this shuttle leaves the liner. Big talk. I pointed at my zip. You see that little placket in the upper window? That's your ticket back to a detention colony, Grizz. You're bluffing. I would say, Grizz, that by the time you get off this shuttle on Phobos, Bureau agents will be waiting to bring you back to whatever detention center you broke out of. Forward doors closed with a thud. You bastard. No, lucky bastard. 